Welcome to the Love Before 100 podcast. I'm Rachel Birch, and I'm here because everyone says dating in your 40s sucks. So I decided to make a game out of it. Part scavenger hunt, part bucket list. I made a list of all the ways I could meet my person. Then I assigned every task a points value. The goal now, find love before I hit 100. Points or years, whichever comes first. You got me shaking, This week, we are crossing Ask a Sex Therapist off the list. Now, that probably sounds bad as a follow-up, seeing as how when we last left off, I was just about to engage in the first sex I had had in over 18 months. But bear with me. It's actually a good thing because, yes, when we last left off, I had said yes. Yes to my desires. Yes to passion, adventure, excitement, and fun. Yes to the whole point of all of this. And mostly, yes to leaving all that limiting, rigid, this is how it should be bullshit thinking behind. I can't give you any details because, again, this isn't that type of podcast. Although, to be honest, at times lately, it's been feeling dangerously close to one. But I will tell you this. I may have a head injury from the whole thing. Seriously, there's not that much space in the backseat of a Tesla. And there are very big door armrest things that need to be dealt with. Suffice it to say, I worried for a bit whether my tombstone would read, Here lies Rachel Birch. She died of head trauma from car sex. Shame on her. But the good news is, I'm still here. Anyway, I'm pretty sure the last time I had sex in a car was the summer after high school. But this time was nothing like that time. I wouldn't necessarily describe it as magical, but it was exactly what the doctor ordered. Well, minus the head injury. After the sex, we sit in the car and talk for a while. He says there's a restaurant that he goes to in Beverly Hills by himself a lot, and he'd love to take me there. He kisses me goodnight and asks me to text him when I get home. When he leaves, I immediately pull my phone out. I send five friends the exact same text, just three glorious words. I had sex. I can't believe I finally did it. When I get home... There's already a text from him. The next morning, I get another text, but it's not from Wes. It's from Colin. Colin's the 27-year-old. Well, the other 27-year-old. There's two 27-year-olds, so it's confusing. Colin is the pilot 27-year-old. Tomorrow, Colin is taking me wine tasting, and he's very excited about it. But meanwhile, I don't hear from Wes at all that day. Or the next day, but Wes isn't an everyday texter, so I'm not too worried, just like a little worried. But now it's Tuesday night and time for my date with Colin. I walk into a very small wine tasting room. It's just a single room with three small two-person tables. The capacity is six guests and Colin and I are the only ones here tonight. There's soft music playing, but otherwise you can kind of hear a pin drop. Colin stands up to greet me and gives me a hug. Just like Corey, the fireman, 27-year-old, Colin is another blonde-haired, blue-eyed California boy. The wine room is on the corner of PCH with large windows looking out at the ocean. The sun is setting, and Colin has ordered us each the three-glass tasting flight and a cheese board. The first glass is champagne. The whole thing is super romantic. The server comes over and explains the flavors or notes. I don't know the wine lingo. She's explaining how it tastes. And then she says, kind of reminds me of an orange Julius, if you remember that place. 
I'm dating myself. Ugh, I feel so awkward. She's obviously closer to my age, and it's so quiet in here. She probably heard our entire awkward first date conversation as it was happening. Just then, two women in their 50s walk in. I can't tell if that makes things better or worse for me. But then, three police cars and an ambulance pull up. We all watch this much more interesting spectacle as it unfolds. There's a woman being put into the ambulance, and then there's some drama happening with a drunk couple and the police officers. Fortunately, that goes on for a while, and then the women leave, and then our date ends as the wine room is closing. As Colin walks me to my car, I think, well, he's cute and super nice, extremely considerate, and very enthusiastic, but there's just not any chemistry. When we get to my car, he says, I'm just going to kiss you and leans in and kisses me. Oh, okay. So maybe there's a little chemistry. I'd like to see you again. Would you want to try axe throwing, he says? Um, okay, that sounds interesting. Sure, I reply. Driving home, I start to think about axe throwing. I never dated in my 20s, but I kind of feel like I am now. When I get home, I text him and say, Thanks again for planning and executing such a thoughtful date. I really enjoyed our conversation, the wine, and the cheese plate, but mostly the cheese plate. I'm home safe. Looking forward to doing it again. So now it's Wednesday and still nothing from Wes. It's been three days since our date and the sex. As I'm making my morning coffee, I start to wonder how I'd feel if I never heard from him again. If things just take a turn like they did last time with original Minnesota, and if it's just the end. As I'm filling the water in my curry, all of a sudden I realize, you know what? I'd be fine. I'd be disappointed, but I'd just go about my business. I put down my morning darling mug and say out loud, who am I right now? Last time I was crushed, made a whole podcast about it, and now I just move on? A huge smile spreads across my face. This is so huge. I mean, I like him, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't have said yes. But if I don't hear from him, he's not the guy I thought he was. And so I'll be okay because I want that guy. I want the guy who wants to see me again. I want the guy who shows up again and wants to go to that restaurant he told me about. If you're the guy who ghosts, who got what he wanted and stopped showing up, then you're not the guy for me. So I guess we'll see. And I don't have to wait much longer before I find out. Happy Wednesday. The text from Wes reads, I look at my phone and I feel happy, but not the normal rush of dopamine, more like a pleasant surprise. Wow, that's refreshing. We text back and forth for a bit over the next couple days, and then I learn that it's his birthday, but unfortunately, he's working. A couple days later, he checks in again, and I ask about how his birthday celebration went, and he tells me that he didn't do anything to celebrate. So I say, well, if you want to, I'm happy to help you belatedly celebrate. And he replies, I would love to do that if you want to. So we make plans to have dinner next week and I offer to drive to him because it's his birthday, even though, ugh, I hate driving to LA, but I'll do it. And now it's time to ask a sex therapist. You see, my mastermind partner, Heather, is the host of the Ask a Sex Therapist podcast. And I'm going on her show today to talk about my experience being a cougar. Now, I'm still not 100% sure I qualify or identify as a cougar, but I'm just going with it because honestly, I don't care. I like Wes and regardless of his age, I want to keep seeing him. Plus, now I've been out with three different 20-something-year-olds, so now I'm kind of a cougar expert. So here's a little excerpt from an episode I like to call The Accidental Cougar. 
or maybe the reluctant cougar? Or actually, better yet, how about permission to cougar? Yeah. Okay. So here's an excerpt of our interview. The entire unedited version is linked in the show notes. Hello, my loves. I am back with a very extra special episode because this is my first time ever having a really close friend on the podcast. Thanks for having me. So we're going to talk about cougaring, being a cougar today. (laughs) And I'm very excited about this just because I think it's, I don't know, I feel like it's something I've thought about that maybe like I haven't been super comfortable with. I know you've been on kind of a journey with it. What made you intrigued by this cougaring idea? Well, it's so funny because as you know from listening to the podcast, at the end of my first season, I go to a cougar bar and I go on like ad nauseum about how I'm not a cougar. Like (laughs) I'm definitely not a cougar. I'm just going to like observe them because they are interesting to me. Like what are they like? What do they wear? Oh, they wear like snakeskin and leopard print, and, you know, like faux fur and stuff like that. Like I had this whole image of what that must be like in my mind. Yeah. And and it's just so funny how the universe provides us with these lessons where things come full circle. Oh, it's so true. So I had a guest on my podcast and she is a passion coach and she had said sex between a woman in her 40s and a man in his 20s can be the most empowering, magical thing. And that was kind of all I needed to hear to be like, okay, because (laughs) (laughs) I used to be on dating apps where they would approach me and I just, I I deleted the app. I was just kind of like, what is the matter with you? Like, who hurt you? Why are you (laughs) trying to reach out to a woman that could be your mom? So I I have to say too, like, I'm not like a super like biased, judgy person. I think in this area, my thing would be like, are they going to just seem too young? Like, are you going to enjoy hanging out with them? Are you going to feel kind of like they don't know anything and I can't respect them? Does any of that stuff come up? I mean, I live in Newport Beach. I'll see like an 80-year-old man with a 30-year-old woman and like, I judge that, you know? I'm like, that's not love. Yeah, but I still judge that one. You know what? I just, (laughs) I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say shame on me. Maybe it is. (laughs) I doubt it, but maybe it is. So... I I will say that was something that came up. And honestly, I've had a range of people. The majority of them are too immature for me, but they're in their 20s. I expect them like that. There are men in their 40s and 50s that are too immature for me. You know what I mean? So many. It's just so many. Like more (laughs) the guy, the guy that I'm now seeing the 26 year old, he's 26 now. He had a birthday, so it's okay. He's not 25 anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He's so mature. I mean, he's just, he's more mature than I am, you know, in a lot of ways. He served in the National Guard. He's seen a lot of things that I haven't seen. He grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in California. Like he had, he brings a lot to the table in like a kind of stability. Does he have the sense of humor that usually I look for? No, but it's actually a good thing because he has a lot of these other more like serious, like he's so respectful. Like Anytime. He really is. He is. He's like, we yeah. have to clean up, you know, like if there's a mess, <laughs> we got to clean this up. Leave it better than we yeah. found it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I respect that. I love that too. Yeah. So what, I guess, what surprised you the most about kind of being open to guys in their 20s and just like seeing how it goes? What surprised me the most is how much they show up for the dating piece. It, what surprised me was how I think they're less jaded than we are because they haven't been yes. in the dating pool for so long. So they're like, yes. I mean, he brought me flowers on our second no, date. No, I love like, that. Gorgeous, not grocery store flowers, but like from an actual flower mm. shop, you know? I love that. 
And, and I think you're right about them not being jaded. Like one of the things that's coming to mind is the attachment styles. So, you know, there is, there is a kind of thing where, you know, when someone's, you know, mid twenties, about half the people in the dating pool are secure attachment styles. And by the time someone's in their forties, like us, <laughs> at least like 80% of the dudes are like avoidantly attached. Oh, oh, that's an interesting statistic. It really skews. So basically what happens is like a lot of the people who have a secure attachment style do kind of partner up somewhat younger because they're comfortable in relationships. They feel good. It's not too hard for them to kind of be committed. Um, And so I wonder if you're getting more of that, like just more people with secure attachment. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it. And that's the thing. It makes me feel secure because with other men, as you know, if I didn't hear from them for a couple of days, And I've also grown, but still it's kind of like, oh my God, what is happening? Something terrible is happening. But like with him, a couple of days will go by and I'm like, oh, that's just him. Right. And and right now you kind of know that. Yeah. He asks me about my kids and other guys like Hubba Hubba. He is in his forties. I mean, I don't, he doesn't know their names, their ages. I don't think he's ever asked I'm so over Hubba Hubba right now. I know, me too. He was hot though. I will give him that. And not a bad guy, just like low effort. And I think what we're seeing, what we're seeing with this young gun, I don't know if he has a nickname yet, but... Um, I use his real name. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I know. He told me I could. That's so cool. Um, so what we're seeing with Wes is like effort, like actual effort. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just so refreshing. And it's nice as your friend to also just witness you experiencing that and like being treated like the queen that you are and like how you deserve to be treated. So that's what I want for all the people that I care about. So I I guess, you know, like, should I try dating younger guys? I think you should. Honestly, honestly, pros and cons. I mean, the only cons are, and I overcame them very quickly, Mm -hmm. was I was worried that someone was going to mistake me as his mother. You know, like Ooh, yeah. when we went to di- the first dinner, he was the first young guy I'd ever gone out with. When we went to dinner, the waitress came over. She gave us our menu. She talked to us like we were normal. Mm-hmm. I honestly was shocked. I was, I don't know. I was waiting for her to say something like, is this your son? Why are you oh taking this young child out? Like, I don't know. I expected, <laughs> but she just was like, can I take your drink order? And I could feel like I was like, she just thinks we're normal. I mean, it's not like I brought a blow up doll and was like, this is my date. Yes. Can you serve us? But I fully expected, I don't know, some kind of weird, you know, oh treatment. And it's probably because again, living here in Newport, whenever I go out to dinner with my dad, I am always very loudly saying like, my dad would like some more bread or my dad, (laughs) dad, you know, because like my actual dad, not my sugar daddy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, (laughs) this man is my father. Right. In fact, you told me, right. That like, this is like a, this is like a trend. What I've noticed on Instagram, I don't know if it's everywhere, but I keep getting, I think you sent me it once too, but I keep getting them in my algorithm. All these like 25, 26 year old, men looking for like single moms, you know, or like MILFs oh, or, yeah. and you said yeah. MILFs and GILFs are. MILFs and GILFs. Right? Yeah, my, my friend Kate Balistrieri, who was also on the show, um, she posted to her Instagram account. So if people want to go find this, you can go find on her account, kind of like the Pornhub data for end of 2023. And, you know, what were the trends? Like what searches were increased and what searches were decreased? And basically everything about older women was like, like 200% on the rise, like not like a small increase, like major increases. We're trending. 
We're so trending. It's, <laughs> it's our time. You know, for the longest time, and I think you probably said this to me, like men do it all the time. So why yeah. can't we? In fact, men are probably taking all those guys, women that are that their age. So now they're like, well, fine, we're going to, you know, go up and find, find the women yes. that are neglecting because they deserve some love too. You know what? There was, there was another article that I saw on Instagram and I think it was by Wednesday Martin. And it was kind of what you just said, you know, where it's kind of like men in our age range are often going for younger women or they're maybe not as into like the personal growth work, just like generationally things have changed a lot. And women have always kind of been more into like coaching and therapy and personal development. And I do think a lot of like Gen Zers are really into that stuff. Well, and so that's what I'll say to answer your original question about should you do this? I think take age out of it take age out of the equation. Like I actually had to set as a deal breaker, the low age to 25, which still felt low to me because the 21 year olds, I'm like, you have a baby face. Like I will feel- that's kind of my issue. But just set it at 25, (laughs) just set it at 25. Don't let anyone below that because it'll take you out of the game. You'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just set it at 25. No one below 25 can message you. But you have as much luck. And my experience is more luck with finding someone that's suitable to meet your needs and like really connect with you in that younger age group than we do in the older age group. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about the attachment style because the avoidant is like, I've had enough of that. And so- I'm so over it too. Will I end up with this man as my lifelong partner? I, I doubt it. I really doubt it. I'm leaving a tiny little opening of um, possibility just because- I don't like to be closed to any opportunity or And also, you know, do you have that sketch with you from the psychic person? <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to show his real picture. Oh, that's true. That's true. But so I will say she showed me a picture of a sketch that, you, you know how they have those like, you know, sketches that psychics do of like, this is your future soulmate. And this is like what they're going to look like. And she sent that to me along with Wes's picture. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> You're saying you probably don't think he's your like lifelong partner, but like he looks a lot like the drawing. I'm not recommending falling for in your like lowest moment like I did, buying like an $8 sketch off like an Instagram ad. I mean, same, but for eight bucks, it was worth the text to me. I mean, it was, they are the same face in so many ways. It's pretty weird, you guys. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, face shape, the hairline, like it was like real And when I saw it, I'm like, this is my person. It did what it needed to do. I'm like, okay, I can wait for this guy. Like that, mm-hmm. you know, it had some, they're not going to send you an ugly sketch. You're going to want your, you know, or like a yeah. kind of whatever. Yeah. So it is interesting. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll have to be a little bit more open because, because I've kind of like, I get a million messages also from guys in their twenties and I'm, I've always just been like anyone of, under 30 is an automatic no, even for casual. And my thoughts are like, they're going to be bad at sex. They're not going to know what they're doing. They're going to have too much of a baby face. And I'm just going to like, kind of be like, okay, you're an idiot. You don't know anything about life yet. So <laughs> None of those have been my experience with life. <laughs> they really haven't. So it's, it's been challenging me in a, in a good way to be like, Rachel's really smart. She's really wise. She's not getting bored with them. She's finding like great qualities. Like how interesting. I think there is a segment of the population who probably look for a younger person as a validation that they still got it or something. That's true. Which is ridiculous because it doesn't mean anything. The age doesn't make someone more valuable because they're younger. I mean, honestly, in fact, if I had the option to have someone my age, that was, a, you know, that would be what I pick. I'm not looking yeah. to be validated by a younger man. And so I think that's, that is where some of the like stigma or problems or whatever come up when you see that. Um, I'm just looking for someone 
that puts in the same amount of effort that I put in, that's excited to be with me, that's consistent. And driving from Los Angeles to Orange I mean, County that's what I mean. every time, like very an hour sitting in traffic. High effort level. I love yeah, that. I know. I, like that. I, I've, I have not found that with anyone else in any age group. You know, and I think the other thing that's different too is like I, I talk a lot about bandwidth and how much bandwidth people have to date. Someone in their 20s is like pretty unencumbered, you know? It's like they don't have an ex-wife usually. They don't have kids. There's no kind of schedule to work around that way. You know, their money is their own. Um, they probably don't have like aging parents that they need to take care of yet. Whereas I think people more in our age range do have a lot of other things on their plate and don't maybe have the bandwidth to be driving an hour to see you or planning things so far ahead. Well, and speaking of which, he I offer to pay. He always insists on paying. This isn't like a sugar mama so situation. Cute. I had one guy, I think I told you, that was like, will you be my queen and sugar mama? And I was like, wait a minute, you no. can have sex with me and I have to pay you? <laughs> no. Like, what? So <laughs> a match. You know, it was just kind of like, no, that's not what's happening here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember that conversation. Yeah. I have like made him things and, you know, whatever. And so I try yeah. to reciprocate, but he still shows up and wants to like provide in that way. And again, it's just kind of his natural way. And so I would say, just don't eliminate someone based on their age. You're still going to eliminate 80% of the people that are in their 20s. But don't handicap yourself. That's a good point. It's kind of like dating is hard enough without like yes. kind of putting these arbitrary criteria in place. So I'm here to give you all permission to date <laughs> so much. Younger. I mean, he is 20. I took my calculator out. Like I literally took my calculator out. I was like, how much younger is this guy? 20, now 21 years younger than mm -hmm. me. I think I figured out his birth year and I was like, okay, that was the year I graduated college and started law school. Okay, great. But still, I do. I like how you're unfazed by it. Yeah, um, whatever. And I kind of want to say my favorite thing about cougaring. It, I just like that it's a little more counterculture because I do think there's so much emphasis placed on us as women to just be like youthful and glowing and beautiful and like invest in all these treatments that like keep us looking like young. And so I love it just that it's a little counterculture. It's a little bit like hey, like I love that these young guys are like, I love that older women know what they want. I love that older women are kind of like maybe less drama and like more direct. Or I love that, like some of the ways you've described things, it makes me think like, I wonder if they're like really stepping up their game to be with you and they kind of like that challenge. You know what? It made me think the other day because as somebody that has like watched every Instagram reel about how to show up, for enticing a man and being in a relationship <laughs> and high value woman and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you almost have this like assumption that you're, you know what I mean? Like almost some of that work is already done for you. You don't have to like, mm. and you shouldn't have to do that work anyway, but the way you know, don't never text him, don't start this. There's all this stuff. And I feel like they are stepping up their game because we're a little more like of this kind of unique opportunity. It's almost like the antidote to current dating culture to have somebody show up yeah. and you go like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. I do deserve to like actually get flowers sometimes. Not every date, not every like guy, not every whatever, but like, oh yeah, maybe you do want to drive to like see me. You know, maybe I am more yeah. taking out to dinner. I know. And I mean, you and I are both so into manifesting and law of attraction. Like just you having those types of thoughts is so magnetic. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, what I was thinking was, 
in my mind, I've gone from a place of crazy attachment to men that I've dated. Like that's what started my podcast was just like this like very intense attachment Mm -hmm. to a place. I, I have no attachment to continuing like the future with Wes. And I thought, God, if I can now have this in my nervous system, when I come across someone in their 40s or 50s. I mean, why? Like if I could just show up to a new suitor and just kind of not have that attachment or expectation of a future, it's so much more likely to result in a future or for me not to be annihilated when he ghosts or we break up or whatever happens. And I just thought like, it's so crazy that his age makes me able to not attach, even though he's showing up as the ideal partner that I would want. It's fascinating. Like it's fascinating how our brains work and like how the stories we create about ourselves and about the other person and about what the future will or won't hold, you know, because everything happens in the present moment. So like all that stuff just creates our point of attraction in the present moment. So if it's like, we're in our heads and we're like, oh, I don't know. Am I going to hear from him? And, you know, I really hope so. And I really hope he's going to want to see me. It's like that creates one point of attraction. And then if it's like, ooh, I'm so special. And like, I love being treated this way. And like, yes, I do deserve this. It's like that creates a very different point of attraction. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess I just want to emphasize that because I want people to to internalize that. It's like, it's it's our thoughts. And certain people catalyze different thoughts. But like you're saying, like once we realize, oh, these <laughs> these thoughts feel so much better, then we can practice those. Exactly. And that's why I feel like dating outside your typical um, type or ideal or idea, whatever that is, whether it's this age or whether it's height. I mean, like, what about height? There's like such a thing. Now, Wes is tall, but... <laughs> He's a tall, hot young man, you know, can't go wrong. I'm 5'2", so I've, I've considered, you know, I've been open to, I've matched men that are out of other people's kind of spectrum of what they're interested in, right? Yeah. Like even same. someone that's 5'7 is five mm-hmm. inches taller than me. I did have one guy that was the same height and I, I just had a little bit of like a pause. I just wasn't sure if I would have the attraction. So I'm not trying to say I'm like a height saint or anything like that. But my point is when we date someone that's outside of the realm of what we see ourselves with in the future, it gives us this freedom and this experience where we can then copy and paste it into other experiences where we get to show up like, you know, in that more magnetic, attractive energy maybe. It's interesting what you're saying because there is something... I love so much about vacation Heather, as I will call her. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it sounds just like what you're describing with just kind of like dating outside your usual type. And and it must have to do with letting go of expectations, not expecting anything long-term right off the bat, lowering the stakes, you know? Yes. And you know what's funny? You've told me about vacation Heather and I'm always in (laughs) awe because I'm like, how do you not go like, well, let's have a long distance relationship. I'll fly there. You'll fly. Like, you know, my first guy was a long distance relationship. So I think it, it's, it maybe warrants experimenting because I could not have that mindset as vacation, Heather. I would be like, Interesting. Rachel. But with the age, that definitely gave me the space to be like, well, I'm vacation, Heather, right now. <laughs> you're vacation. You're, you're, you're cougar, Rachel. <laughs> cougar, Rachel. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I'm still, 
I don't know after dating Wes that I would necessarily make men in their 20s like a common thing. I wouldn't like add it yeah. to the rotation. I'm not saying it's like a check the box. You know, my whole podcast is about a bucket list, but I'm not saying That's he's true. like a like a check mark. But it's just so many things matched up that it was like, okay, I'll try this. And I think the big thing for me was giving myself permission. So I guess the question would be like, what else can I give myself permission to do maybe? I love that question. What will she do next, folks? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I was hoping maybe you could help me figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm kind of just excited for you to see where it goes with Wes. I mean, I know that you paid $8 for the psychic drawing. (laughs) I'm really excited about the psychic drawing. I'm so excited about the psychic drawing because I just love like psychic things in general. Yeah. But I like just the idea of openness of like, let's just see what happens and like how things evolve. and. I think that's how I aspire to to live my dating life and, you know, noticing like what what makes me kind of contract and like go in my little turtle shell or withdraw from dating and what makes me feel more like expansive and open. And yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, it's kind of like the three bite rule that they have when you're like a mom for like a baby, like take three bites <laughs> if they don't like it. They, oh, yeah. It's like a new food. <laughs> and so I feel like I have three, um, 20 something year old experiences. My God, I love this idea, Rachel. Everyone listening should try this <laughs> unless you're monogamous <laughs> with <True. partnered>. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else, go try three dates with someone who's not your type. Yeah, that's a good idea. Like what an adventure. I also just love the idea of experiments like that. I do that with my clients a lot in coaching of like, let's just try this as an experiment. We're not committing to anything, but like, let's give it a week or let's try it a few times. And I think that approach just creates so much more openness. Thank you for just, you know, sharing your journey. I think, I guess I also wanted to say, it's just so brave. Like, you know, I I share some personal tidbits here and there, but to have a whole podcast where you're just like really opening up about your love life, it's dedication that I see you put into it, but it's a lot of vulnerability. And I think, I think that's what's going to make you an amazing partner for someone one day. I appreciate that. Yeah. So go learn from Rachel on how to be vulnerable and open your hearts. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening. And thank you for joining me, Rachel. Thank you. So that was fun, right? I loved that part about attachment style. So interesting. Okay. But now it's time to go get ready for one more date this week. Today, I'm meeting Bo. Bo is a 37-year-old from Nashville, and I've agreed to a last-minute date with this guy for coffee because our conversation was flowing nicely and I'm feeling spontaneous. And honestly, I feel like I need to explore the 30-somethings. Bo is arguably more age-appropriate. He's also served in the military. He's from the South, and he's into personal development, which is a big one for me. So he seems promising. We're going to a spot that I picked because he wanted to meet somewhere convenient for me, which I thought was really nice. As I pull up, he texts me to let me know that they close at three. Oops, (laughs) but they've agreed to take our order. He wants to know what I'm drinking. I text him, I'll have a hot chocolate with almond milk. I walk in and see him. Immediately, I'm not getting a good vibe. I ask him what I owe, and he says he'll bill me and charge interest, and then laughs. We walk outside and grab a table. We sit down, and then this guy proceeds to talk about money the entire time. He's mad people here put so much emphasis on money which is ironic, don't you think? Because also, if he actually took a second to ask me, he'd learn I'm much more interested in other things about a man. 
Eventually, he tells me that he's not working right now because he's trying to find himself and working would take away time from doing that. Just then I notice the time. Thankfully, I have an appointment. And so I abruptly say, oh, shoot, I just noticed the time. I have to go. He stands up and gives me a hug. We were there for about an hour and he talked the whole time. The funny thing is, later, I would look and he will have unmatched me. He unmatched me. The other guy I contemplated meeting in his 30s FaceTimed me to tell me that he's looking for a size queen. I had to Google it while we were on the phone. And apparently, that's a woman who likes men with large penises. So he asked me, are you a size queen? I told him that I wouldn't turn one down, but I'm not exactly looking to put it on my dating profile. Then he asked me, since we're on FaceTime, if I wanted to see it. I think I'll just skip men in their 30s. A sampling size of two is probably sufficient, right? Thankfully, my boys come back tomorrow and then I'll have a reprieve from dating for a couple days because next week I have planned four back-to-back dates. This feels excessive, but as they say, when it rains, it pours. So come back next week for our season finale and to find out what happens on my four dates and which lucky suitor, if any, will win the hand of our fair maiden. I hope you loved that episode of Love Before 100. And actually, if you did, I'd appreciate it so much if you'd go leave us a five-star rating in the Apple Podcast app. And then be sure to come back next week to find out what happens next and tell me cross another thing off my bucket list. Let's spend the-